your news, your views, your values. This is WMNF Tampa 88.5 FM. morning good morning welcome to another edition of the sunday forum right here on wmnf 88.5 tampa sarasota st pete this is your host walter l spit the second what's the tampa bay area along with my main man mobili what's up man good morning not too much you chilling yeah very much so (laughs) it's the first of the month we have some craziness <laughs> going on. Yeah, it's the first of the month. Yeah, it's the first of the month. Wake up, wake up, wake up. New laws are taking shape. Yeah, yeah, we do. There's a bunch of laws that are just craziness right now. Don't understand. Don't understand. But they're out there. They're out there. Uh, and we're going to talk about some of them here today. Um, Again, folks, I want to point out the fact that... Uh, uh, a main man, Roy Ayers, has turned 84 years old. This, this, you know, it's like I said, this the rest of this year, we're going to play Roy Ayers stuff, along with the other funky stuff that you hear, going mm-hmm. through your holes on Sunday morning. But uh, <laughs> we make sure that we that we do that with you. Um, we, have some, we have some guests that are supposed to be calling in uh, this morning um, because we have a... Uh, 
we have an event that's coming in. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's going to take place on the 20th of the month. The 20th of the month. And this is the, um, gosh, this one right here is by my main man, Don Scott, who is going to be, who is in studio with us this morning. Um, but uh, we have the second look panel discussion, the second look panel discussion, uh, second look panel 2023. This is going to be held at Tampa Prep at 727 Cass Street. That's 727 Cass Street, the Tampa Prep, on the 21st of October, the 21st of October, from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. That's from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. There's several different panel discussions that are going to take place on that day, and all of them having to do with the issues surrounding um, surrounding the Correction Institute, around, around, around corrections and around... Um, uh, the 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 issues surrounding people being released from prison, how they get back into um, into into the, the the real world, right? I mean that that's 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 the reality of it. We gotta we gotta get ready for uh, or help these folk get back into the real world. Many of them are relatives. Many of them are our relatives. We 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 cannot ignore that. Uh, so on the 20th and 21st of October, um, we're going to have this, and this is going to be the second annual, the second annual uh, criminal justice panel discussion. Um, and so I went to the first one, uh, moderated the first one last year, and it was really well attended, very much worth going to. Uh, there are a lot of issues that you are going to hear about, folks, that are you probably have not even heard about things that you probably have never even heard about things that will be discussed that are brand new uh, to your vocabulary. <laughs> right? Um, there's just a lot to take in, a lot to take in. So uh, check it out. That's definitely something you want to you want to go to. Uh, the second, the second thing is the. Um, <clears throat> The event is taking place on the. Make sure I got that right. You know, I can't see. Huh. Stop! How to stop human trafficking? How to stop human trafficking? Now, that is going to be on the twelfth of October, the twelfth of October, at six p.m. The twelfth of October at six p.m. is going to be held at the Woodson African American Museum in Florida. That's over in St. Petersburg at 2240 North, uh, 9th Avenue South. That's 2240 9th Avenue South in St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, you want to check that out because human trafficking is a really big deal here in Tampa, in the Hillsborough County area, right? We are leading probably number three, number three in the United States regarding human trafficking. And that's, a that's again... Another very big deal. Another very big deal. We can we cannot afford to continue to have this happening and it not be uh, addressed uh, properly. We have people like uh, my dear friend, Talicia Espinosa, uh, who's been leading that charge for a long time, long time. Then you have the Honorable Renee Flowers um, and Michelle Walker and Chief Anthony Holloway, who will be there. Uh, on hand to have these discussions regarding how to stop human trafficking. Now, you'd be surprised. I know that when when uh, we were raising our children, uh, we were very careful to watch them in stores. Mm-hmm. Right? It was not a joke. It was. We were very serious about that. Uh, we kept we kept a very close eye on uh, our daughter and our son to make certain that they, they stay very close to us because they would snatch your children uh, in, in the parking lot. Sometimes they'll snatch them right out in front of you. you know. And, and you'd be surprised at how parents do not pay attention to their children. I, I, I've been amazed, been amazed. Uh, just a story that I got to tell you about um, 
This happened to me in a public once, right? Hmm. And, and it wasn't human trafficking. It was just something very, well, I say very simple. But actually, it was something very simple. You know how they tell you, you know, tell your children, make sure you watch your children, make sure they're not standing up in the shopping carts, right? Okay. So I'm standing in line in in, uh, in the deli, and I, I, I look and I'm watching these children playing around. One of them is in the shopping cart and standing up. Now, you know, I'm not one to sit there and tell somebody about the kids or, or you know, tell them how to raise their children, but I was watching. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it takes a village, right? So I was watching, and I watched very carefully as this as the sister pushed the shopping cart, and her brother fell out of the shopping cart, and I reached and grabbed him in oh. midair <coughs> before okay. he hit that floor. Let me Super tell you something. Man. Right, <laughs> yeah, Superman. Right, let me tell you, man. My heart dropped. Mm. My heart dropped. It, it, it's something that you that that um that is an indication that you know parents make mistakes. Parents make mistakes. We do, but that's just not something that that was okay, right? Um, that lady knew. She saw what, what was going on. She knew better. She knew better. And the danger that she allowed her children to be put in was something that was inexcusable to me, right? Mm-hmm. And after I caught her son and handed her son to her, I said, Miss, please, don't let him stand up in that cart. Please don't. You know, that, that is something that we've got to, we've got to be very cognizant of, and we have to truly... Pay attention to what's happening to our children. They will snatch your child and you will never see them again. And I'm not talking about them being dead. I'm talking about them being sold off into slavery. Okay? Prostitution, likely. Um, But some sort of slavery. It does happen still. Okay? So, ladies and gentlemen, please be very careful and cognizant of what your children are doing, where they're going, and and, and please um, help them to understand the importance, even as teenagers, help them to understand the importance of, of keeping their head, quote-unquote, on the swivel. Be aware of their surroundings. Be aware of their surroundings. Very, very important. Okay, so listen, that's that for that right now. Um, what we're going to do right now is we're about to hit some of this music. Yeah? Getting an early start on it. Uh, call in, 813-239-9663. We're waiting to hear from you. Uh, it is now 819, 819 in the AM right here on WMNF. Well, Billy, what we're starting out with? What we're starting out with? Running away. Oh, boys. we're running away. We're running away with Roy Ayers this morning right here. In your ear hole on WMNF on the Sunday Forum.
All right, all right, all right. This is the sounds of Roy Ayers and running away. Yes, yes, yes. The legendary Roy Ayers being celebrated every single Sunday right here on the Sunday Forum for the rest of this year. So uh, let me tell you, we've, we've had a lot of stuff happen this week. Um, my main man, Don Scott, is in studio with us today. Don, what's going on, brother? What's the deal, Walt? How's everything? All right, brother. All right. Good to see you, man. You, you know, That's a nice hat, too, Walt. Hey, man, you know, I'm always repping fam, bro. Fam, you know, fam, you That's the HBCU, right? <laughs> That's not an HBCU, it's the HBCU. Oh, okay, because Lincoln University was the first HBCU. That's what they say. Yeah, yeah, not fam, you Lincoln yeah, yeah. University, Pennsylvania. You know, I, I'm, I'm just letting you know. Yeah. You might have some relatives from Cheney because Cheney tries to say they're, ne- they're the number one. You guys may be number one in the South, but wait a minute. What about Morehouse? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong, wrong, wrong show? Yeah, sorry, wrong, wrong show. show. Wrong show. Wrong show. <clears throat> What's up, Morehouse? Well, you, you, you kicked off for that time. It's good to be back, in, <laughs> back at WMNF. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, brother. Yes, I understand yes, there was yes. a birthday party here last night. It was. It was. Shout out to WMNL. Yeah. Yeah, 44 years old. We've grown. We've grown. We're real grown We've now. We've grown now. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody got gray beards and stuff. You know what I mean? So, hey, man, listen, we, we, we had, we had uh, Deion Sanders. So, let, let's talk about this, man. You know, I am... Very proud of Deion Sanders. Uh, when I was in high school in Tallahassee, I remember his freshman year, right? And we would see him come and go to track practice on the same track that we were playing football on or in track practice on, right? And we would see him go out to football practice. And we just looked up to him. We looked up to, to these guys all the time, you know. And to see him go from that as a freshman at Florida State to where he is right now at in uh, Colorado as a head coach is amazing. It is amazing. To see the success that he's having. Uh, did he lose yesterday? Yeah. But that was a spectacular comeback. But he yes. covered the spread, so did they really lose? Whoa! It's almost like they won. Yeah. <laughs> it was a twenty point. There was a twenty points. They were favored. Colorado was favored to lose by twenty points. Listen, man. They lost by seven. That was amazing. So on paper, technically, it's a win. Basically, that was amazing. That was amazing. And Shador, his son, both of his sons play on the team, but and, and, and both of them are spectacular. Shador is the oldest, and he is going to. Uh, he's up for the Heisman Trophy. I, I think I think he should be. And I, something tells me he's going to get the Heisman Trophy. Mm, I, I, well, the kid that won it last year was the the team that they played against, right? Caleb Williams. He was the one. He was the kid that won I it last so, year. Yeah. yeah. So I. So you saw the best of the two quarterbacks yesterday, right? Colorado. And this guy, Caleb, who won it yesterday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they were also saying that it's very rare for you to win the Heisman back-to-back. Right. Maybe two people have done it in the past 15, 20 years or something to that effect. I believe so. I don't know that. I don't know about <clears throat> that. What I do know is this, though. The performance was outstanding. Oh, absolutely. Uh, to come back the way they did. It was a great game. And this is the second time they've come back like that. Uh-huh. Second time they've come back like this. Only this time... It's a bigger spread. Yeah. They were down. Like, yeah, but they also kind of beat themselves. They you did. know what I mean? Of course. They, a of lot course. of mental mistakes. Um, uh, but all in all, good game. So my point in bringing this up, of course, is the fact that there were a lot of naysayers, and there still are, but there are a lot of naysayers out there about this... Uh, the Sanders era of football at Colorado. And I, for one, I, I like the T-shirt that says, I am a Colorado fan. As of now. As of now. <laughs> until, until the time that Dion leaves. Okay? Okay. So, I'm going to tell you, I'm rooting for him. 
I don't like I, I don't like some of the commentaries that I'm hearing out there. The little slick rap that you hear from these guys, you know, just sitting on the sidelines um, with a with little slick comments. Uh, you know, they can they can keep on making the slick comments, and Dion's gonna keep on doing what he does, and that's winning one way or another. He wins. Uh, when you're getting kicked in the from behind, that means you're ahead, right? Man, I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> so I think he's, in terms of his persona, and in terms of the the excitement and how he makes people feel, and on top of that, the fact that he had that injury, Coach Prime had that foot injury, and he's gotten all those toes uh, cut off, and he's walking basically with a club foot, and he's still doing all of this. Mm-hmm. That's you know, to me, that deserves. Some kind of praise. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, let me just say, hats off to Deion Sanders. Keep on doing what you're doing, brother. Uh, Coach Prime. We're rooting for you, man. (laughs) And uh, Neon Deion. Do your thing, brother. Do your thing. All right. Uh, We we have a, uh, a lot going on with regards to With regards to the GOP, they seem to be imploding. <laughs> Unbelievable. They've been seeming that way to me for a few years oh, now. Oh, but... wow. <laughs> wow. They're everywhere, man. I mean, it, listen, let me tell you this situation with Matt Gates, and <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's gotten, it's, it's hey, hey. Fine by me, man. Yeah. I'm not a fan anyway. <laughs> you know? Uh, Attention hound is all he is. Yeah, huh? bro. I mean, he, there, there's nothing, there's no real news with him, right? Yeah. There's no real news, which is why there's nothing to really say. Except to say that he is a person of extreme interest and concern within the party. And the reason that's the case is because he now... After all this trash he's talking about the ceiling and everything else, and, and oh, okay, now he's looking for Democratic help. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, wait a minute, hold on. Looking for Democratic help. Well, if you're looking for Democratic help, then guess what? Your, your job is in danger, partner, because GOP ain't liking that too much. I'm liking that too much. And he talked a lot of trash. A lot of trash. So, you know, Matt Gates, I don't know what you're gonna what you're gonna do, man. Really don't. <laughs> <laughs> really don't. Okay, so let's let's go on to talk about uh what's happening with our uh with, with our illustrious governor. <laughs> to Satan. So I think that we are we are starting to see that people are starting to see him for what he really is. Right? I think they're starting to see it. And I'm praying that they continue on that path. Because it's getting way it was getting way out of hand. It is getting out of hand. And we've gotta get it under control because this neo Nazi thing is very, very unsettling. Extremely unsettling to the point that, uh, you know, you're seeing what seems to be support for these people. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's it's about the cruelty. That's what it seems to be. You know, what does the neo-Nazi stand for? It's how historically cruel they were. And this governor and Republicans in general seem to be getting rewarded for being as cruel as they possibly can. Look at how Florida's governor and Texas governor have been in contest with one another, trying to see how cruel they can be with, with the with migrants, who some of them are escaping human trafficking. Some of them are victims of human trafficking, smugglers who 
the Republicans can't seem to catch, but they certainly seem to know how to be as cruel as they possibly can to the victims, to the children. You got the governor of Texas putting barbed wire in the water right. and doesn't care that a child got cut on it, you know, right. but they claim to be moral party and for children. So give me a break. They're getting rewarded for this. And it's time they start losing. Absolutely. Absolutely. But we have a we have a phone we have a phone call. Let's take this call. Yes, we do. Okay. Yes, we do. Before I start going on a tangent. Go ahead, call it. Before <laughs> you lose it on the air. <laughs> call it. Welcome to the Sunday Forum. Hi there. Uh, my name is Alexandra Bailey. I represent the Sentencing Project. All right. Hey, all right. How are you? All right. How are you? I'm yes. very well, thank you. Um, uh, thank you so much for having me on. Um, my organization, the Sentencing Project, is going to be appearing at the Tampa Bay Justice Summit uh, coming up um, later this month, uh, which is going to be on um, October the 21st. Uh, from 8 to 4 p.m., and we're going to be discussing criminal justice reform, which I think to what you all were speaking about when it comes to elections and electoral uh, time for a lot of the citizenry, um, you know, is, is the time to, to sort of make decisions about where they want their state to go with regard to any number of issues. Um, and, uh, you know, re Republican um, or Democrat or anything in between. Um, I think, you know, mass incarceration and criminal justice reform is going to be sort of at the top of the docket. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, we have to make certain that that we're paying very close attention to that. And as we start looking at the second look at that really, really coming out of D.C., that really is uh, something that we have had a lot of trouble with because we've had a variation of it here in the state of Florida. Um, and we had a variation of it here in the state of Florida, and it didn't work very well. And, and of course, it all depended on who the governor was, you know. Um, the clemency board, the clemency board, which was the closest thing we've had to it. Uh, but to reopen cases like this is uh, very, very important given the numbers of unjust arrests and unjust sentences that we've seen well, in the state of Florida. And well, um, we have, we, 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 before, before you continue, I'm sorry, just yeah. one second. Um, we have another guest. If you if you come on and, and introduce yourself to everybody here. He's no stranger to the studio, yeah. by the way. Seems like it this morning. Good morning, good morning. Michael good morning. Minardi. How are you I'm, doing? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. Great to be here. Thank you. Glad to have you. Glad to have you. Um, so, so I'm sorry, go ahead, please. Uh, uh, you were, you were saying? No, I just wanted to say that, you know, the interesting thing about, about second look is that a lot of people think that it is sort of the retrying of the offense when really what it actually is, is a reevaluation of the person. I mean, what we know from criminological data is that people grow and change. They age out of criminal behavior. So even if you were to take all of the other arguments out of the sort of bucket of reasons to pass second look, Florida, like most other states, is facing a crisis of seniors in prison, um, people dying in prison due to various um, illnesses. And it's really become sort of a fiscal and a moral issue for conservative and liberal states alike. And I think that's why we're actually seeing the Republican Party uh, pick up this legislation and being willing to walk with it. The Republican Party doing it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah. Let's 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 <laughs> let's hear about that aspect of it. Well, you know, I think it's it's about fiscal responsibility exactly. And we are spending way too much on our prison systems for people that have been in there 20, 30 years and they're in their 70s and 80s that may have been drug smugglers that got excessive sentences. You know, these are really the problems that we have that we're wasting money on right now. And we don't have the ability to do that at this time and day and age with everything that's going on in this world. 
So it, it's time to really reevaluate and let courts and judges and prosecutors, you know, make a decision as to whether or not this person is going to continue to be a danger in society, you know, 30 years later. And what I do, you know, as a Republican that is going to be running for office again, not sure which and where, um, but, you know, 24, 26 is definitely in my sights. Oh. Uh, but I, I definitely believe we need to do that. We need to end sort of the mass incarceration of our civilians and continue to destroy their lives as opposed to rehabilitate them and give them a chance. Right, right. The last time you came here, Mike, uh, we had this discussion. We did talk about this because you were you were on the the last uh, with the last panel discussion regarding the issue of mass incarceration and uh, what's happening with uh, with our penal system. I mean, this is this is bad. This is bad. Uh, one of the first stories that I did when I came here almost ten years ago, man, almost ten years ago. It's dude. been a minute. It's been a minute, right? Uh, literally, was about the issue of mass incarceration as it was and it still is to this day is like the, the number one civil rights issue of our time, right? Uh, and certainly a human rights issue um, when you look at the numbers of people who are incarcerated in the United States compared to other countries. We lead the world. We lead the world. And Russia and China. Yeah, yeah. We lead the world, and so um, we, it's, it's important for us to to keep in mind that fact. Let, let me let me let me point something else out as well, and I, I think we all would agree to this point. You know, historically, the United States just the United States has been a bad actor on a stage on the world stage. It just has. Been. Uh, there are ulterior motives for everything that, that we've done practically. We're not just doing it out of the kindness of our hearts, uh, whatever it is. And the, the issue of, what's, I would call it self-righteousness, right? A self-righteous type of thing where we're looking at uh, the fact that, okay, we're the United States of America, Right? Uh, we're the leading country in the world, and there's not a mirror there to say to to, to look at ourselves and be like, eh, just kind of scrutinize ourselves on these issues. A lot is hidden, a lot is swept under the rug, and a lot is kept away from the public in terms of these facts. These facts. This is a well-known fact amongst those who read and pay attention to these particular things. But it's not as well known to the rest of America for some reason, right? It's just ignored. You know, I think it comes down to an ego issue, right? And it's like with everything. It's like with these woke policies going on right now. And what can we Anti-woke. Right, exactly. Whatever. And I think it's all ridiculous. You know, it's an idea that we as... We got one in the studio that just said this, dude. To me, it's all about us not willing to acknowledge we've made mistakes in the past as humans because that's what it's I really about more absolutely you know for years we've had you know tribes killing tribes and then we've had slavery issues and we've had all these problems but it's just hey listen why don't we all just recognize we're humans we're trying to evolve we're trying to become better people we've made mistakes in the past we don't have to continue that but yet we do because of this control, because of all this BS going on between these parties to try to divide us as opposed to unite us. Right, right. This. Well, I mean, we're also living in a time where the prison population of the United States has grown so large and so elderly and so sick and is going through such a reckoning. And it, it doesn't really matter what state you're in. I, I work in Oklahoma, Louisiana, New York, New England, states that are very blue, states that are very red. And they're all dealing with the fact that they think differently than they did 30 years ago about the law. The law goes through reinterpretation. One of the big things that we're seeing is them going back to reevaluate domestic violence cases. Um, cases that in this day and age in a state like Florida would be considered stand-your-ground cases. 
Um, and these women went to prison for defending themselves or their children. And so many states are, are looking back at themselves on issues that they run on, you know, that many candidates run on, um, and that people vote for them on, saying, well, a lot of those people went to prison, but we don't have a mechanism to go back and see if a person has rehabilitated or if the way that we interpret the law in society now is still fitting to that sentence. And that's where second look is entering in all around the country. And it makes sense. It's good policy. It has been tried. It has no no recidivism um, because it follows what we know to be criminologically true. And all of the legislators, including the ones on the phone with us, um, I, I also was an elected official. Uh, I was commissioner at one point and a chair of public safety are realizing that we need to stop spending taxpayer dollars on something that is not making us safer and bring that money into policies that are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Don? Alexandra, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I, 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 I just wanted to also bring it. When you were talking about the, the mass incarceration, right? I also believe that there was a trade-off. So we're going to say no more. We're going to say no more slavery, but then we're going to do mass incarceration and have all of these people locked up to do the same jobs that the slaves were doing, was jobs that people do not want to do. You know, I was formerly incarcerated in Pennsylvania. There are twenty different prisons in Pennsylvania. They all do something to develop <clears throat> to help the prison system, whether it's farming, whether it's making cabinets, you know, but then they sell these cabinets to Walmart, Target, you know, so mass incarceration in some people's eyes is the modern day, is the modern day slavery. That's all I wanted to say. Well, there's absolutely no doubt that when it comes to racial disparities, um, that what you're saying is, you know, very true. And the, the sort of um, constitutional and I would also argue ethical question about unpaid labor in the United States um, and sort of the constitutional exceptions um, around incarceration, I think are viewed by many at this juncture as, as problematic. I mean, um, and various forms of treatment that we've seen I mean, uh, in one of the states that I'm working in. We recently were dealing with a case of somebody recently who was starved to death in their cell. Um, truly, truly tragic things. Um, I think that for everyone, and like I said, this doesn't really matter how you vote, most people would say that starving an American citizen to death is something that our government should not be doing. And we certainly don't want to pay our tax dollars um, to the tunes of millions and millions of state-based dollars to do so. Um, you know, I think at this point, um, finding a method to safely decarcerate um, and to go back and reevaluate the system is something that everyone, like I said, is just being a good policy at this point. But to your point, I think it's good policy for a lot of different reasons for a lot of different folks, if that makes sense. It does. It does. Um, so if, if, if we were to... go. Billy, what were you about to say? Oh, well, I just wanted to interject that we have a couple of callers on the line, and we are speaking with Alexandra Bailey from the Sentencing Project and Michael Minardi, uh, Republican Party. <laughs> and that is very good that I'm hearing what I'm hearing from Michael Minardi. But what I want to ask, uh, interject in there before we move on, Walter, is, is, you know, the Sentencing Project, I'm so happy we have someone from the sentencing project on the phone and giving all that they've been able to accomplish and helping bring some sanity to the prison industrial complex. But what I'm interested in is that there's this whole science of DNA before DNA, a lot of people were probably getting railroaded in this system. And we still here to this day uh, because of DNA, people have been exonerated and we're seeing that uh, people have wasted decades sitting behind bars when they didn't do the crime and DNA exonerated them. We still have loads of rape kits that haven't been tested yet, despite the fact that we have DNA. So I'm just want to ask Alexandra Bailey from the sentencing project is how's this project going in terms of 
forensic science freeing people, exonerating people in states following suit on exonerations because a lot of prosecutors don't want to admit that they were wrong or the police botched an investigation and people still sit in jail despite the fact that they could be exonerated. Um, well, I mean, exoneration or innocence um, are all very serious issues in a lot of states. And, you know, DNA is not the only way that folks get exonerated. Uh, the University of Michigan law actually has an exoneration map of the United States, which you can visit at law.umichigan.edu slash exoneration. Um, and it actually will take you on a 50, 50 a 50-state um, tour of how many exonerations there are per year and what for. So one of the contributing factors that you usually see at the top of this is actually mistaken identity, false confession, bad forensic evidence, perjury or false accusation, and official misconduct. Um, and you also see the type of offenses that those are around and the people who um, are most impacted. Predominantly, it impacts men. It predominantly impacts black men, um, but also in the state of Florida, um, it, it, there's a very close number in terms of its impact on white men, which is um, sort of an interesting statistic, uh, you know, for Florida itself. Um, I think, I mean, you've had, I believe since 1989, 92 exonerations, which is very low, Um given sort of what was seen in a lot of these various types of cases. I think, like I said, any sort of legislation that allows us to safely go back and reevaluate our work just makes sense. And having a bill that allows the system to do that wholesale makes sense, because what you all are identifying are a whole bunch of different issues, all of which land in the same system, which is prison. And us being able to go back and wholesale county by county, case by case, go through and reevaluate anything that might not have gone well is something that everybody, regardless of party, should be interested in. In, in the land of the free, we should not be putting people in prison who did not commit that offense because that is a slap in the face to victims who are relying on prosecutors and cops to, do, to, to take a guilty party off the street. And so, you, you know, don't say you're protecting victims. Don't say you're protecting families. You're not even putting the right person in prison. Um, so that really takes that argument away from them if they haven't done the right thing. But, I mean, at this point, I would like folks not to think of it as, like, even necessarily just admitting some sort of individual guilt as a state actor, but the state taking responsibility for itself writ large, which is what we all should be doing. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. I think we have a, another guest on the line. Okay, caller. Are you on there? Are you here as a guest? Go ahead. Caller, can you hear us? Oh, okay. Hi, my name is Keith Harris. I'm a criminal defense investigator. I work for the Reyes Law Firm in Fort Lauderdale. I also do parole and mitigation work separately, representing inmates here in the state of Florida for parole. Uh, I also would like to bring up uh, the fact that I just published my first book that's concerning the state of Florida prisons called Murder at the Family Prison. It's about a four-year investigation I did concerning the abuse and death of uh, inmates at a certain prison here in the state of Florida. I think what we've got to start focusing on is uh, the misconception of why we do send people to prison and uh, the barbaric conditions that are evolving today in our state prisons. But more importantly is the fact that the state prisons are no longer producing the returns that the citizens expect. Uh, the Department of Corrections touts the mission statement that they're transforming one life at a time. They're actually traumatizing one life at a time. It's become so horrible in there. More importantly is, I think, in the aspect of what the prisons are today, that they are primitive. And so we need to move forward in a society that concentrates less on punishment, more on mental health, more on restorative justice, and what is the purpose of putting people in prison. We've lost the identification of the mission. 
The mission is that we need to put people away that are dangerous, not those that we are mad or angry at. Hmm. If we can't care for them, then we've lost our constitutional duty. Today, the Department of Corrections is in shambles. We've allowed the leadership to take place uh, running the prisons today to absolutely turn their backs against what the purpose is for the prison. So in end, if we don't come together, we're all going to suffer. We all are suffering. Uh, we're causing more harm than can be imagined. If you went to the Attorney General's office in the state of Florida and you asked them, how many cases do you settle every year for the wrongful death, medical malpractice, you'd have to close your eyes and shake your head and say, this can't be real. It's unimaginable what's going on in there today. So it's great that all of you are coming together, and I appreciate this community effort. Please do join us all at the Tampa Bay Summit. It's going to be something even more elaborate on this, and I think the efforts that are taking place today uh, will make an impact. Thank you so much for allowing me on. Thank you. We appreciate you coming on. All right. All right. Um, we have another guest. Want to think? Yes. Uh, go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum. Oh, good morning. This is Chris Steiner, Clearwater. Uh, Walter, I just um, I would like to ask if we could have a conversation without Mobile cutting me off. And it will be, of course, relevant, as always. Of course, it's uh, disagreeable, so I, I hope that's not the reason you've not kept your word in the past uh, when I've asked you to keep it on this matter. But, uh, you know, talking about the thing, it's the Republicans, Mobile, it's the Republicans who haven't been able to find child sex traffickers. Uh, I don't know if you're I'm trying to appeal to an audience who does not have Internet access, but you can certainly do a search online of uh, Google News uh, to turn child traffickers arrested. You can find a lot of recent cases. Uh, Polk County's Brady Judge that just arrested uh, 219, uh, including a Polk County teacher. Uh, U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, September 8th, uh, is saying that FBI, Houston, Houston Police Department, and partner agencies from the Human Trafficking Rescue Alliance announced the results of a multi-agency operation from August 28th to September 7th. And uh, it goes on. They're talking about uh, that they've arrested several known gang members. Um, Epstein, um, you know, Jeffrey Epstein's clients and his victims have never been identified. That tells you a whole lot. Uh, and... Um, you can check out uh, Women Fighting for America. Win. Uh, they do border tours so uh, that you can see the, the trafficking that uh, is discouraged when people are watching uh, when those people are doing the tours. So, how do you leave the borders open without the fentanyl, other drugs, uh, child trafficking, terrorists? Uh, oh, and maybe COVID coming through. I don't know what this has to do with sentencing reform, but, um, <laughs> you know, think, that's a different I think, issue. And I think and, it has more to do with the trafficking. With yeah. The, you, you know, the trafficking issue is something that we, we obviously, as society, I don't think anyone on here agrees that it's something that we have to, you know, criminalize and continue to do so. Um, I, so I don't really know where that's coming from, but... Yeah, it's something that we have to criminalize and, you know, whether or not those people will be part of the Second Look Act in the future, or um, I don't really know, but, you know, this is about... I don't think there's a judge in the United States that's going to go, you trust uh, uh, yeah. would love you out much. Let's give you a second chance, guys. I, I don't know many of us that would believe in that either, right? So, you know... <laughs> I, I absolutely do not. I'm happy to say that categorically. I, I would agree with that as well, so... You know, for some people definitely do belong <laughs> and, and need to be in prison for a significant period of time. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. So we, we, I think, are on your same page today and, and believe that those sex traffickers need to be there 